said that as we were uh, as we were singing that uh, several things that I've been reading this week just really began to flood my heart and uh, one in particular is Romans chapter 5 I was reading in Romans 5 this morning and uh, it says verse 1 says therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Verse 5, now hope does not disappoint. Now this hope is not hope like, boy, I hope it's a pretty day to the rest of the day. This word hope is a confident expectation of good. It's a confident expectation of good. So he said this, hope, a confident expectation of good. And it's not just hope in things, it's hope in Him. Hope in Him does not disappoint. Hope in Him does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. He said, we can know that this hope will not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. As I was uh, actually on my way here this morning, it was so cool. Uh, Stephanie texted me. She's one of our intercessors and she'll just speak to the Lord and say Lord what are you speaking and I was crossing her street when I received her text this morning and uh, as we were singing that and we were singing about your love it pulls me out of dark places anybody ever been in a dark place <laughs> it said it's his love see where we get where we can miss it is we'll set our attention on how much we love Him instead of how much He loves us. And we can get so familiar in our dark place because, that, it, that it becomes our existence. And in that place, our attention is on, well, God, I love you. Why isn't this happening? God, I love you instead of a, His love. And, and that's what Romans 5 says, that hope doesn't disappoint. Why? How can hope not disappoint? Because my attention is not set on my love for Him, but on His love for us. And uh, as I was passing Stephanie's street, her and Jake's, the road they live on, I received this text. I didn't read it while I was driving. Just, just so you know, I didn't read it while I was driving. I waited till I got here. It says, good morning, Pastor. As I've been praying this morning, I asked the Lord, what is on your heart for your people? And just think about that a minute. How easy is it just to get up and get about our day and not take a moment and say, Dad, what's on your agenda for today? What's on your heart today for your people? I was studying uh, this morning, sitting at my desk, and I went to move something, and a little sticky note fell in the floor. And uh, I picked it up, and it was something the Lord spoke to my heart a year or so ago. And it was this, anything you do, anything that's done not in faith has become a ritual. 
Anything that you do that doesn't have faith is just a, a ritual. It doesn't mean if it could be your devotions, it could be your prayer time. You know, John really challenged and encouraged me when he first got back. I don't remember. It was a day or two after he'd been back, and we met. And he said, you know, being in Africa, it gives a whole new meaning to blessing your food. <laughs> and he said, the Lord just really challenged him about the things that we do that we don't do really in faith. We just do out of routine. I won't look at anybody, all right? Because this isn't judgment. This isn't condemnation. It's just a checkup from the neck up of how we look at things and how we can be, uh, we can allow the things of the world to steal our peace and not just wake up and say, you know, we can say as the psalmist, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Then we get in the car and complain all the way to where we're going. Oh, don't shout me down. I know it's not just me. But she said, as I've been praying this morning, I asked the Lord, what's on your heart for your people? What do you want to speak to us? I felt like he said, tell my people I am here. I am with you. Seek me and you will find me. Seek me and you will find peace in the midst. Peace I have for you. After this, he led me to four passages of Scripture. John 16, 33, Isaiah 26, 2 through 4, 1 Peter, 2, uh, 1 Peter 3, 11 and 12. And then the whole chapter of, uh, she said, well, the whole chapter of 1 Peter 3 is awesome. But he highlighted peace. And also Matthew 8, 20 through 22, 23 through 26. And I'm not going to read all of those uh, just now. But the thing that the Lord really spoke to my heart is that when we were singing that, that you pull me out of darkness, out of my darkest places. I just really sensed the Lord saying, I want to do that today. You know, we're going to receive communion and, uh, and just a few moments, maybe. But before we do, I just really felt the presence of the Lord saying, I want to give time for people to set their eyes on me. You know, uh, and as, as we were singing that, take upon you the yoke of Jesus, uh, I looked it up in Matthew chapter 11. Um, verse 25 says, At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. <laughs> you ought to say amen to that. Yes, Father, for this was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son will, wills to reveal him. Verse 28, he said this, come to me. So Jesus had just said about that God, had, he said that you can't know the Father unless Jesus reveals him. And then the next thing he said is this, we want to use this verse a lot, come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you a, but what Jesus is in context is talking about is that those who want to know him, he said, come. And how do we know him? By yoking ourselves to him. What is yoking ourselves to him? And I've used this illustration before, but I will again. And when they would buy a young ox, they would yoke it to an old ox, an older ox. And the purpose in yoking them together is so that this young ox could learn how to plow. 
He would learn how to start, how to stop. He would not just hear the commands of uh, the master, but he would know how to stop, how to plow, how to work harder. I mean, smarter, not harder. Are you with me? So the purpose for him yoking it, it, you know, when you first get yoked, it could seem burdensome because you're, here's this, here's the thing about the old ox. It didn't stop if the, if the young ox wanted to stop. <laughs> Y'all don't hear me. He kept going. If, there, if it was time to go, he went. Even when the young one thought, no, I can't do this anymore. The old one just keep trogging along, keep trogging along. And what the younger one would realize is that if I work with him, it's a whole lot easier than working against him. Well, I'm preaching good, not even trying. <laughs> because the same thing is true with the Lord. He's saying, come, if you want to know me, yoke yourself to me. Know me, not just know about me, know me. You know, I, I, was, I was reading this week, and in, uh, in, in Genesis chapter 15, I was reading about Abraham, old father Abraham. The Lord's had me studying a lot about Abraham and just looking at him because Abraham is our father, the father of our faith is what the Bible says. And the reason is because Abraham believed God and it was through his believing that righteousness was given. It was before the law. It wasn't anything that he did. It was through relationship with the father, through the covenant that the father made. And Abraham just beheld the covenant. That's a good word. And so I'm, I'm reading this about uh, Abraham and everything the Lord was teaching Abraham. And uh, I, I'm just amazed at how he just believed God and he did it. And from that, there was a peace that passes all understanding. Ab Abraham didn't have all of the answers. He just knew the one that gave the answers. And it's, it's so easy um, to get distracted. It's so easy to look at everything that's going on. Abraham had marvelous opportunities to look at everything that was going on. I mean, he, he is, uh, if you will, he didn't have a model. He didn't have a model, and we always want a model. You know why? Because then all we've got to do is, is mimic somebody else. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there shouldn't, there, that preparation and plan is wrong. But what I'm saying is this. When we, when we want to live from a place that we don't want a word, that we just want somebody else's word because that's what's easy, then we're selling ourselves short. Are you with me? And I looked at the faith of Abraham, and uh, it, it was amazing to me how God said that, uh, that Abraham is who we're to look, not, let me see how I want to say this, but because Abraham walked and believed God, he walked in a place that his trust was in the revealed will of God to him, and not after a model or some type or some form. And God said that's, that was before Holy Spirit was given. And how much more that we have, that we have Holy Spirit living in us, who said He would lead, guide, and direct us. 
I just totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Abraham, oh Abraham. That was in Genesis 15. <laughs> oh well. I'll get back to what I know. Maybe it'll come back to me. In Matthew, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And I felt like the Lord is saying today that He wants us to redirect our attention. Because I know how easy it is, personally, to get distracted. I know how easy it is to get your eyes off of him and that love relationship that he desires to have. Romans 5, that's what he said. He said, hope doesn't disappoint. You know, and that was, that was where I was going. Abraham, it says, Abraham, against hope in Romans 4, believed in hope. So he said, Abraham said, when it didn't look like there was any reason to hope, what did he do? He hoped. It didn't say he wished. It says he hoped. And who his hope was in means everything. And God brought Abraham out of some pretty dark places. And I believe he wants to do the same thing for us today. That in that hope, God wants to restore hope. And that comes through peace. Where we go, you know what? God, I look to you. It's in, it's in, Roman, I mean, it's in Genesis chapter 15. Where God says to Abraham, do not fear. I will be your, uh, your rear guard and your exceeding great reward. Let me, I don't want to butcher it. Because the thing that the Lord's been dealing with me about in, in this, just in my private time. And I know you guys don't deal with this, so I'll try to be brief. But it's fear. It's fear. And uh, Genesis 15, verse 1, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying to him, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. He didn't say, I'll be a shield. He didn't say, I'll give you a reward. What was he telling Abraham? Abraham, look at me. Look at me. Keep your focus on me. I'm your shield. I'm your exceedingly great reward. <laughs> I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. So when Abraham was going through things that didn't look good, God would say, hey, Abraham, Abraham, don't look at that. I'm your shield. I'm the one protecting you. I'm the one who said, come, let's go. So that now that you're coming, now that you're going, you just keep your eyes on me. I'm the shield. I'm your exceedingly great reward. And you know what's so awesome? Abraham kept his eyes on the, on the Father. And as he did, he was rewarded everywhere he turned. Even when he didn't perform perfectly. I mean, if you just read Genesis 15, 16, 17, and 18, you can see Abraham didn't have it all together. But he kept his eyes on his shield. 
and his exceedingly great reward. And I feel this morning, that's what the Lord is wanting us to do. He said, I want you, because you, you may be thinking, but you don't understand the mistakes I've made. Look at Abraham. He was before the law. He was actually a type of what we're supposed to be living right now. And he didn't have Holy Spirit. He didn't have forgiveness. So he was just a type. He was not the, the fulfillment. Are you with me? I'm not trying to lose you. I want, I want you to stay with me. He was just a type. But he walked in a place he made. I mean, if you look at 15, God says this. Don't be afraid. I'm going to be your shield and your exceedingly great reward. He said, I'm going to give you a... a a heritage. I'm going to give you uh, the descendants. And he didn't have any kids. So the next thing that Abraham does is he gets in the flesh. Literally. <laughs> His wife says, we don't have any kids. I'm past age. You're getting old, Abraham. Here's Hagar, my handmaiden. You, you go lay with her and she'll have a baby and it'll be mine. And this would be our heritage. Abraham goes, oh, okay. <laughs> this is to the men. Men, it's time to stand up and hear from the Lord. I'm not saying women can't, but it's time for men to stand up and hear from the Lord. You look at Adam, that woman you gave me, she did it. Abraham, Sarah says, Sarah says, just go lay with her and we'll have a kid. Okay. Then when things didn't go right, well, Sarah told me to. So what she told me to do, I'm just trying to, God didn't say be obedient to Sarah. He said, listen to me. That was free too. You know, this is for everybody, not just men. But if we listen, then we won't be as quick to blame others. When we're not living after a model that when God created us to be unique, we're not trying to be a copy. Then we'll quit blaming the original because our copy didn't turn out right. That's good right there. I'm making myself happy. You know, how many of you, I mean, just in the practical, you know, you can have a, the original and you go make a copy of it. I don't care how good your copier is, there'll be a little line somewhere. There'll be that little black line or it'll be a little off. I, I don't use document feeders because they, they can't get it right. And I just have to throw everything away because I'm a little anal retentive when it comes to stuff like that. I don't like it. Because a copy can't be the original. And God created all of us to be originals. He created us all to be originals who heard, who hear from Him. You know, that's what makes Christian living. That's what makes it life. That's what separates us from, from religion. Is that we're not conforming to a list of do's and don'ts. But we're living in a vital relationship with a loving Father and a Savior who gave Himself for us. That's huge. And what's so sad is what a lot of people do in Christianity is they 
they reduce it. I was going to say dumb it down, but this sounds a little sweeter. They reduce it to just following after what someone else has done because it was successful for them. Instead of living in a, a vibrant relationship with the Lord. But the reason that we'll do that is because it's easier to, to read or, or something what somebody else has done instead of pressing in for ourselves. Now, I'm all about reading. I love to read after other people. I love to read after people who've been places I want to go. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But I can't become them. So I can't make a formula out of what they did. But what I can do is look at the life that, that, the, the, that they pursued to get them to that place. And I can go, wow, I can learn from that. Does that make sense? So I really feel that the Lord this morning, right here, right now, says, I want to give, I want people to experience that peace that no matter what you came from, Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. So by faith, Abraham believed that God would do what he said he would do, that he had made him righteous. So he was righteous in the eyes of God. We've got it better than that because Jesus paid for our righteousness. So that we can live differently. So uh, I don't even know how I want to go forward. I just I'm, I sense in my spirit that there needs to be a, an activation of this. Not just God wants you to have peace. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I receive peace. Amen. Hallelujah. But there's no change. I heard this the other week. Faith takes what grace provides. Faith takes hold of what grace has provided through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So it's not just, a, oh, I believe it, but it takes hold of it. And when we take hold of it, there has to be a transition in our mind. Not just in our mind, but in our actions. Does that make sense? So we can't just say, God, I want your peace. We can. But that's not where it ends. That's just the beginning. Just like salvation isn't the end, it's the beginning. God didn't want us to get saved so we could go to heaven. He wanted us to get saved so we could get, he could get heaven into us so that we could demonstrate it on the earth around us. That's why we became a new creation that carries the presence of God everywhere we go. Not just so we can come to church and get filled up. Not so we can go to church and the preacher can teach us something. No, so we can have His Spirit living in us, this body, the temple of the living God, so that everywhere we go, we carry Him. Because <clears throat> He, right now, is in heaven, and we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we're there with Him right now. And He's here in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Explain it? I can't completely but by faith, I believe that the word of God is true. And that's what he said, that this is what I'll give you. And if you'll live from this place, it'll affect those around you. I, I feel the Lord is saying, I want to give you peace. But also, I feel like the Lord is saying, come up higher. Come up higher. Yeah, and that's, it doesn't matter where you are today. God says there's more. There's more. There's, there's a new place that you can walk in today. There's a new place where you can set your attention more clearly on Him. And there's distractions that have held you back or stopped you in the past. 
can fall to the side. Amen? So let's stand. Mm. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. Lord, I believe today in this place, right now, in this moment, Lord, you desire to set captives free. You desire right here, right now, God, for people to experience, to embrace your presence. I know what I was going to say earlier. Look at me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Genesis, uh, right in there, 15, 16, 17, 18, it's when Sodom and Gomorrah is going to be judged. And so Abraham's out sitting under a tree, and, and three men come walking at, up to him. And Abraham goes, man, I've got to make some food. I've got to do some stuff. Goes and tells Sarah, prepare something. And it's the Lord and two angels. He doesn't know that in the beginning, but it's, he says he three, sees three men and he, he starts preparing something for him. And he says, stay. So it's the, it's, it's, the, it's the Lord, a Christophany. It's an appearance. Most theologians, Bible scholars say it's an appearance of Christ pre-incarnate before he came in flesh to live. Okay, you with me? So Abraham's talking to these three men. And what just really stood out at me is the difference in our mindset and the mindset of the Bible. Now, please hear me all the way through. And this is why I feel like there needs to be an activation. Because in the, in the Eastern culture and Eastern mindset, to know something doesn't mean that you have a mental understanding of it. It means that there's been a point in your time that you've experienced it and it's brought change, not just to your thinking, but to your living. There's an encounter involved. Are you with me? That's the mindset. And you say, why are you saying that? Because... When the Lord is talking to Abraham, he said, I've heard about what's going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, but I want to go down and see it. Read it. It's in there. Because I was just like, it was one of those, dang. Because it's the Lord, right? The Lord, capital L-O-R-D, is who's talking here. And he said, I've heard what's going on down there, and I want to go see. What are you saying? He said, I've heard about it, but I want to go experience it. I want to go see if what they, what's been, who is this talking? I can't explain it all. You're right, this is the Lord. He knows, he knows, knows. But he said, I want to go see. Are anybody tracking with me? Are you on the same page with me yet? I don't want to leave you because I'm in my world now and I've invited you in. But that to me, I just stopped reading that. I stopped because the Lord said, I've heard about it, but I want to go see. I'm not, and here's what I see. We can take somebody else's word for it, and we go, well, they said it happened, so that's good enough for me. I'm okay. I'll just stay here and, and read about it. But God is saying, I'm calling for those people today who say, I'm tired of hearing somebody else's word for it. I'm going to come with expectancy, believing that I may have prayed and believed God for peace 10 other times, but today's different. It's a new day. And I am believing that today is that day. I am not leaving without it. See, and then the next thing that happens, this is the Lord, right? 
You got to trust me. I'm not going to read it. You can go read it today. You start in Genesis 15, read till you find it. It's in 18. 17 and 18 right in there, just so you know. So Abraham, the next thing that we see, here's Abraham. All right, I got to give you context, right? So Abraham in 15 gets a word from the Lord, and the Lord says, Don't fear, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. I'm going to make you uh, a father of many nations. You, you know, go outside, verse 5 of 15, look up toward the heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And so he said, so shall your descendants be. Then the next thing that Abraham does is he sleeps with his maid. Hello? Really? That's kind of a mess up. Right? And now we have the Arab-Israeli conflict. Out of Abraham's flesh because God Abraham said yeah but but Ishmael's my son he said okay I'll I will make you know what's so cool about it? here's the other thing the Lord show me he said because you've asked I'll make a great nation out of Ishmael but he said Abraham out of you are going to come great nations nation of Islam that's what it is But he said, out of you, Abraham, the father of faith, are going to come many great nations. So you see these nations that have risen up that have Christian morals and ethics and things like that. Those are birthed out of Abraham. There are nations that came out of Abraham. said, Ishmael will be a nation, but I'm going to give you nations. That's good. I'm just saying. That's who we're in. That's what he wants for us. He said, ask of me and I'll give you the what? Come on. It's preaching time now. And y'all standing up. That way you won't go to sleep. So Abraham, he gets this promise. He said he has intimate relationships with his slave. And then God said, comes and visits him and said, I'm going down to Sodom and Gomorrah, and I'm going to destroy the place. But wait first. This is how God thinks. Okay, because we don't. First, the Lord talks to the angels and says, should I tell Abraham what I'm doing since I've made covenant with him? So if the devil's told you, you don't matter, you don't count, you tell him he's a liar. And as the Bible says, the father of lies. Because here's the Lord on the earth in, in form, and he's going down. And he says, wait, I should probably tell Abraham why. Because I made covenant with him. And if you believe for Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord, guess what he's made with you? Covenant. Man, I could go a million different ways right here. Not maybe a million, but I could go a bunch. So, Abraham says, Lord, wait a minute. Just per adventure, I have your ear for a minute. He said this. Uh, let me see. 1816. Y'all good? If you physically... I- unable to stand, you can sit down. But if you can stand, just stand. This is good for you. You know, they say that you should stand so many minutes a day anyway. So I'm just trying to help you be healthy. I stand up here every day for over an hour, every Sunday for over an hour, so you can do it. 
Verse 17, the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may... uh, for I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, and they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, and the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go now, go down now, what's it say? And see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it has come to me. And what did the Lord say? He said, there's this great cry of how wicked it is, but I'm going to go see. That should be encouraging. That he's not an impersonal God. See, there's truth in here. If you'll just look for it, it's beautiful. The man turned away from there and went towards Sodom. The men turned away from there and went to Sodom. But Abraham stood still before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said... Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Get out of here. I'm just saying, this is Abraham who just had relationships with his slave, his wife's handmaiden, and now he's standing here saying, God, I know you, and it's not like you to kill the wicked with the, the righteous with the wicked. I think Abraham had an understanding of his relationship with the Lord. And Abraham, I think that's part of why in Romans 4, so much attention is given to Abraham about being the father of our faith. I think there's things that we can learn. We don't model him. Uh, we don't try to make a model out of it, but we can look at it and we can say, man, if that's what Abraham had and he didn't have Holy Spirit living, he, are you with me? So Abraham went to God with an expectancy. He went to God with an expectancy, not that he was just going to give God his his two cents worth, but that God would hear him because of the covenant that God had made with him. That's faith. When we go to God with an expectancy, that's faith. That's faith saying, God, you said this. I believe that you said it, and I believe that you meant what you said, so I approach by faith expecting to receive what you said is mine. Are you with me? So, right here, right now, in this place, it, if there are those that have been struggling with peace, if you've been struggling with fear, and uh, as I said, the Lord's really been speaking to me about fear, and He said the, the root of fear is self-preservation. The root of fear, whether it be spiritual fear, whether it be, you know, just the emotion you're dealing with, whether it be a physical thing that's got you afraid, that challenges in front of you, it's self-preservation. You're looking at, am I going to make it through this? Is this thing going to 
discourage me, deceive me? Is this thing going to destroy me? And the Lord said, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. And he said, quit looking at fear and look at me. Your shield and your exceeding great reward. So, um, if you would say, and heads up, eyes up, and everybody looking around. If you'd say, you know what? I desire the peace of the Lord today. Thank you. Thank you. I desire, thank you, the peace of the Lord today. I'm not just thinking about it. Thank you. I desire the peace of the Lord today. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. It's activation time. If you raise your hand and you say, I want the peace of the Lord, I want you to come up here and gather right up here. Everybody raise your hand and say, I want peace. I want you to just come gather right here. If you didn't raise your hand, but you should have raised your hand, I want you to come up here. Praise the Lord. Wow, wow, wow. Come on. Anyone else? All right, y'all spread out just a little bit. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pair up. If there's a mate up here, I don't want you with your mate. I want you to pair up, and you're going to go after it for each other, with each other. Are you with me? If we can, man to man, that's good. Uh, If it's a man and a woman, put a third with you. Or I'll just throw Josh in the mix. He'll pray for a man left out. But I want us to go for it because one of the things that, that fear does and lack of peace does, it says you can't do it. They'll tell you, like, you can't do this. You're not going to make it through this. And I tell you, the, the way that you make it through, I'm telling you from experience, this past week, God gave, I had breakthrough. And it wasn't anything I prayed for. I didn't fast and pray. You know what I did? I believed the Word of God, and I stepped out, and I did what I didn't want to do by faith. And the peace that came, I can't articulate. I, all I can tell you is I encountered it. I didn't have this big moment where I broke down and cried. It wasn't anything like that. But through the midst of what was scary, scaring the hoo-ha out of me, I walked into it saying, God, you're my shield. You're my exceeding great reward. Does that make sense? I'm not concerned with you guys right now. I'm just these guys right here. Does that make sense? So what I want you to do, is partner up with someone. And then you're going to pray for one another. We're going to stay here while you pray. And I'm going to pray with you. If you're out here and you feel like you don't need to do then what I want you to do is you just pray for them as they pray for one another. And we're going to see breakthrough because they, they were bold enough to say me and to come down, and now they're going to pray one for another. And James says, pray one for another that you may be healed. I believe that there's freedom when you get your eyes on someone else and their breakthrough. I believe the breakthrough that comes through you to them can free you as well. Amen. Amen. So you guys just partner up amongst yourselves.